Welcome to the Achieve Results Nutrition and Wellness Podcast, the ultimate guide to feeling and looking your best. Join me, your host, as we embark on an exciting journey to discover the power of nutrition, exercise, sleep, recovery, and mental performance. Get ready to be inspired, motivated, and uplifted as we uncover the secrets to unlocking your full potential and living your best life. Whether you're a fitness enthusiast, a wellness warrior, or just looking to improve your overall well-being, this is the podcast for you. So sit back, relax, and let's get ready to elevate our performance together. Hello, and welcome back to the Achieve Results Nutrition and Wellness Podcast. Today, I'm super excited to be with an absolute fitness legend here. We've got Frank Seppi, one of the most pictured, photographed fitness professionals of all time. So I'm very excited to have you on here, Frank. Welcome to the show. And for those of you who do not know you or have not been introduced to you at this point, I'll let you take it away, man. Give us a little intro and let us know what you're up to. Thanks a lot, Adam. And it's always a pleasure training with you on Muscle and Fitness Live Sleeveless. We've been killing it with Don Celadino and we've been putting you through the but you've been doing great and I appreciate it. And um, I'm glad to be here. Basically, my whole life, I've been into fitness since I've been 20 years old. I went from extreme bodybuilding to fitness model covers, magazines, to one of the top trainers in the world. And then behind the scenes, working on some of the top fitness magazines and website publications. Currently, I'm the director of media development for Muscle and Fitness Flex, Olympia, and Muscle and Fitness Hers. As you see, we create a ton of content for Muscle and Fitness. And obviously, I have my own brand, Frank Seppi. I have products coming out, a lot of collaborations. Basically, just having fun. You're supposed to have fun. What do they say? Find something that you love to do and get paid for, and it doesn't feel like work. <laughs> so that's what I've been doing for the last, uh, I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> many decades but no I just I love the fitness community I like meeting new people and learning new things I think you got to drop your ego and stop being a know-it-all and learn from other people like we go to the barn I learn things from you I learn things from Don I think that's important that you never stop learning because you need that knowledge to get better and move and to evolve I, yeah. the short end <laughs> yeah amazing man it's pretty cool for somebody like me who he you said, but you've been in this game a long time. You are literally tied into all the most successful fitness people on the planet and you're one of them. So it's pretty cool for a guy like me to be able to show up at the barn and just have a friendly conversation and be included in everything and just feel like I'm, yeah. I'm one of the boys there. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. And I appreciate that outlook. One day I'll be able to afford a real church. These aren't real turtles behind me either. So. Stay in this business long enough, Adam. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> one day, one day I'll get the real thing in there. But... <laughs> Well, that, that's that's bachelor lifestyle too a little bit right it's divorced dad. time to water the water the plants and whatnot but uh, my dog waters it if i leave him here <laughs> exactly I, I would love to go over man you're you're a fun guy for i don't know I, I hope a lot of people that are listening to this will obviously know who you are but i think one of the thing that impresses me most about you is you are just a, a happy guy you're always having a good time Obviously, like you said, you've been able to make an incredibly successful career out of just doing something that you're passionate about and something that you love. So I'd like to just get into a little bit of story time here, man, and hear what are some of your favorite fitness related memories that, that you'd like to share with some people? Wow. About my own career or about just general fitness? Where, wherever you want to take it. You're a oh. good storyteller. I'll let you just run with it. It's funny. 
when I was started lifting, I lifted in a basement in Queens and it was like a, a heat box. We did chest and buys every day. It was pretty much off of the course for any teenager, but I put posters on the wall and I had two older brothers and I was like, one day I'm going to be on a cover of a magazine. And they're like, yeah, sure. They're, they're going to pick you. There's Arnold, there's Stallone, there's all these other people. And I'm like, okay. And I had a picture of Steve Weinberger and Bev on the wall too. And it's, Steve was like this. And I think when people say make a, a dream collage or manifest it and stuff, three, four hours heat, freezing cold. We didn't have a lot of money. I got weights here and there and I got some for Christmas and stuff. And it's just, it was surreal when... Steve became one of my best friends. He was on the wall. I was one of two people to be on back-to-back -back covers of Muscle and Fitness, myself and Arnold. So I felt like there's something to that, you know, going in every day and manifesting that and, and doing the work. And like, you're a poor kid from Queens. You're going to, to California to do a photo shoot for magazine covers. And I think that was big to me, seeing my first magazine cover going to Manhattan at four in the morning when they dropped off all the magazines because the <laughs> editors were too cheap to give you a free copy. I'm getting it and showing my friends. Um, I have so many memories. Shooting an infomercial was like top 40 infomercials in the world, Metrics 180, and doing interviews with people and people who were in the program and how they told you that this whole program changed their lives and how they did it and how they had more time with their kids. You could be the toughest guy in the world, but you're crying. You know, I was like, oh, that... I think will always resonate with me. That's why I always stop and I help people. I think you need to pay it forward. I hate when fitness influencers or people don't share their knowledge or they're too busy or this and that. And I, I think it's not your job, but it's just think that you should do it. There shouldn't be a question about it is what I'm trying to say. But I've had so many things. I've met everybody in the industry, celebrities and stuff that I grew up with. Like Hulk Hogan was a huge WrestleMania one. I went with my dad. I, I was 300 pounds at the time. I was in Gold's Gym in Venice doing my first photo shoot. And I look across and there's James Caan. There's Gina Davis. There's like all these famous people. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And I'm training. And I see Hulk Hogan. I'm like, what? Hulk Hogan? Oh my God, it's Hulk Hogan. So I'm like, I don't know. Should I go talk to him? Should I, I don't know. Love Hulk Hogan. Go up to him. And I'm like... Hey, how are you? And he's like, what's up, brother? Call me Terry. How you doing? And I was like, wow, this guy's so awesome. He's so nice to me. Then I'm doing the photo shoot and I hear somebody say, suck in your stomach, suck in your stomach. And I'm like, look to the right of me. There's Lou Ferrigno. As a kid, I watched the Hulk series. So there's so many like personal things that, you know, that I love. It's just so many stories, but those just stick out. Totally. No, that's really pretty cool. Like a kid from Queens. And like you said, you're like, it's who are you to, to have these experiences? <laughs> and for me... That's exactly how I feel at this point. Like I grew up in small town, Red Deer, Alberta, Canada, right? And it's just like, yeah. even just to be in like the New York area and be introduced to different people and things like that. It's yeah, I was actually having this conversation with my wife like yesterday. I'm like, man, I still feel like a movie. It's I don't understand why I'm here, why I'm in this situation. Because just coming from Red Deer, you don't think of these things when you're growing up, right? As a young kid, I always wanted to be a bodybuilder and I did three shows. And people still consider me a bodybuilder, no matter all the magazine covers, all the programs I've done on infomercials and editor-in-chief of seven magazines and, and this and that, and wrote eight books. They still consider me a bodybuilder. <laughs> so it's funny. But I'm not, I lift weights, I this, I try to keep a symmetrical physique, but I'm definitely not a bodybuilder. And I, I tell people that, not that it's a bad thing, it's just that if I were a bodybuilder, I'd have a totally different physique. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? As you've seen me over the years, it's easy for me to gain size, easy, easy for me to to cut down. 
I just did trial and error over the years. I know how my body works quickly. I dropped 18 pounds in the last 28 days for this celebrity, I'm sorry, charity's calendar shot by Mike Ruiz to save dogs' lives for uh, Louis Legacy. And people are like, oh, I like you're bigger. And I'm like, okay. And then some people are like, I like you smaller. You have to do what's right for you. And that's, you can't dictate what someone else is going to look like and, and, and do this. But going back to, I've met every Mr. Olympia competitor in my lifetime, shot them, photographed them. It's surreal sometimes when you think about the bodybuilding aspect of it. But now I'm more into the, the fitness, which I've been over the last decade or so, and concentrating on just staying fit as I reach the back nine of my life as I can. Totally. Yeah, that's it. Even at some point, those bodybuilders, like you said, the most healthy in terms of like life sustaining, it's not easy to be maintaining all that muscle mass for that amount of time. It's a lot of stress on the body. So you see a lot of those guys, they do have to at some point take off a little weight and a little bit of muscle and whatnot, just for health purposes as time goes on. But that's how you did it. Like Lee Haney, eight time Mr. Olympia. Looks great. He's in his 60s. Really functional and great. It depends on how you work out, how you do it, how you go about it in your program. Like at my height, six one and a half, whatever, I was 314 pounds off season. At one time, I competed at 268. Currently, I'm at two, this five in high school. Started working out when I was 13. So I'm always going to have muscle and a frame. I'm never going to be a, a thin guy. I'm genetically old, you have good body parts that stand out. But I think there comes a time when you have to evolve. You have to think about balance and mobility and stop the consistent wear and tear on the body and really put a program together where obviously you're stressing the muscle for growth and this and that, but you're also, you feel good. Yep. And that's why I like training with Don. Uh, he'll show me some things that I have never done before. And I'm like, oh, cool. Let me try this. I'm always receptive. And we're pulling sleds the other day. And I'm like, this is really cool. My nature is let's take it to the next level. Let's do something. <laughs> I like, but yeah, I like stuff. And then I'll train with Andre Ferguson, who's a 18 time IFBB Pro League champion. He'll show me something, and I'll be like, wow, this is cool. And I'll have those days when me and Juan Morella hitting it with like tons of weights. And then um, two days later, I regret it. But it's, but yeah, it's a process. I think everyone should evolve. Oh, that's my puppy. Hey, I hear him. What's he saying? <laughs> I don't know. You know what? He never barks ever. Except when I do a Zoom. That's yeah, all good. Hey, invite them in. So the one thing I, I really wanted to touch on, like I, I think the majority of the listeners to this podcast are more like general population, just people that are really fitness focused and they're trying to find their way or beat that path along. And one thing that I really admire about you is your ability to just have fun while you're in the gym. It's just honestly, like I'm one of those guys I like dial in and I got to get a little like focused for you. You have that ability to really just have a ton of fun while you're in there. And I think that would benefit a lot of people for it not to feel like such a chore for them to get in there. Right. So do you have any tips for people for the masses on how to make training a little bit more fun? So look, I personally can't stand the trainer who yells at their clients and screams at them and they come in and think about that. If you're somebody who's new and you're going into a new environment, and somebody's yelling at you, what is that going to do to you? Is that going to make you want to go to the gym every day? Oh, it's going to get results because you're getting browbeat into it and screamed at or whatever. I don't know. But for a lot of people, it doesn't work. I think when you find something you like to do in fitness, you're going to do it more. And then you're going to get better results. If you're somebody who enjoys yoga more than weight training, then do yoga. Like, do yoga more. Have fun with what you're doing. 
I've always had the ability to have fun when I work out. I surround myself. I could train with anybody, but I surround myself with people that I like, that I enjoy training, and they also have a sense of humor and fun. But when it comes time for those high rep sets or this or that, shut it off completely, dial yourself in and go. I think also, too, you have to choose the right environment. Certain places just don't have that fun factor. Allow you to be yourself because... You go into a crowded gym and you might be singing to a song and you might be annoying people or you might be doing something, but you could always make a, a workout session more fun. Bring your own music, obviously. Bring a friend like we do. Surround yourself with people with the same mindset and choose workouts that are challenging, but that you enjoy doing. There are certain exercises that I don't like doing, but I do them. But the general workout itself, I love. And I think too, if you have somebody that you can feed off of, whether it's banter or some sort of competitive nature too, that helps. But the last thing you want to do is sign up with a trainer, go in and then listen to him monotone or if he's on his phone. Like I see that too, whatever. You have to have somebody, and this is like a, a trainer or a coach has to motivate you. But he also has to be friendly because as a coach that people look at you sometimes is more than that. They look at you as a psychiatrist. They look at you as a workout trainer, nutritionist, and as a friend. So, you know, there comes a point in time where you have to be like, all right, let's go. But most of the time, make it fun and experience. Make it a fun experience. And I just, I always, me and Don always laugh. I go, be you, Don, be you. And I remember training a bunch of CEOs for companies and this guy's a billionaire. I was helicoptered on top of a, a building to get there. And he's doing everyone's kissing his ass and this and that. And he's doing his set. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, it's not the way to do it. I know whenever he talks to me, he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, let me show you the right way. It's the wrong. He's like doing it. And I'm like joking when I'm gonna snap. And at the end, he's like, you know why I like you? I'm like, why? He goes, because you treat everybody the same. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know what I mean? I don't deviate for who I am. If you don't like me, I don't give a shit. I'm gonna stop from being myself. So Yeah, and I, I think that's one thing that people potentially struggle with when they go into the gym is that it, it can be a scary situation for people. Like you said, you go into the crowded gym, there's let's be honest, like you're a pretty physically imposing person. You get in the gym, there's all these kind of muscly people in there. Everybody's sweating and huffing and puffing and blah, blah, blah. I, I totally understand where it could be uh, a little bit intimidating for somebody who's sure. new and stuff. But I, I like what you said there about just be yourself, right? And if you like to listen to some music and dance around a little bit or whatever it's at the end of the day it's your life and if somebody's gonna judge you about dancing to some music or something to yourself like fuck them at the end of the day right do what you got to do to enjoy yourself and make your experience sure. your own yeah <laughs> i just told him, my son's 15 you know i'm like start going to the gym himself i train him and he's got i don't like going to the gym with you and i'm like why he's because everyone talks to you and you talk to him you might think somebody's giving you like for me it took a while like to what's that person staring at me for because they want to come up and ask me something, not that they hate me, but there are, like I told my son, this is like high school. Like, what do you mean? I'm like, there's going to be people who like, will hate you. And people who are just, you know, unhappy with their own life. So don't take it personal. I said, so just be you, do your thing, be respectful of people and whatever. But no one is going to have a hundred percent likability factor. <laughs> there are going to be people that hate you and there are going to be people like you. So deal with it. That's life. Could be the person remind you of an ex uh, boyfriend or something or a husband or you come in and they're like, they just give you a, a, a bad look. <laughs> people generally, I was with my son in a store and he's got, why are all these guys with their wives giving you dirty looks online? And I'm like, I don't know. 
He's like, why? Because they're, I know, you know what I'm saying? It's just full, you remind people of what they're not doing. Yeah. And that, and they can say, oh, he's on steroids or, oh, 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 he's on this. Or I would look like that. Let me tell you something. If you had a billion dollars and some celebrities that we know have still can't buy a body. Yeah. You can't. You have to work for it. It's the one thing that you can't buy. You you can't keep it up consistently. Look at some of, I don't even want to mention because we don't get sued, but look at our some of the top celebrities who've had trending trainers and, and this and that. And they're like, oh my God, I lost 60 pounds. Yay. And then gain a hundred back. So it's, you really have to work for a body. If you want to achieve results, you really have to work for it. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and that's the cool thing about it, I guess. That's like the pride point that you can take when you walk around is that it's one of those things that you do have to earn and it's not given. So yeah, absolutely, man. So what are some tips that, that you would give for people who are just starting out or trying to get into things or just trying to improve on their process in the gym? Obviously, like you said, you've got what, 40, 35 years of, of experience with this. You've been a, at the top of the, the fitness world. You've been a top trainer in the world. What are your go-tos that uh, you would recommend for, I, I would call it a, an average Joe who's just trying to improve and trying to look more like you at the end of the day. Yeah, I think we're all a work in progress. We look at ourselves and I think that's a big misconception too. Like We all, yourself, myself, everybody, we look at ourselves and we're like, we always find something wrong we're not like oh my god i look great but we always find things we want to work on so i think when people starting out i'm like what do you want to accomplish and why those are the two things i ask and i'm like because let me explain something to you even if your goal is to lose 20 pounds 30 pounds 50 pounds whatever it may be it's going to be a short-term goal because once you hit that fitness is addictive you're going to be like what's my next goal what's my next thing so i always tell them it's a marathon it's not a sprint that's the first thing. And what are your reasons for wanting to get into better shape? Is it because your husband or your partner, or your wife browbeat you into getting to the gym because they're unhappy with your physique? Because that's not going to work. Right. You have to go in for the right reasons. You have to be self-motivating. And that's the most important thing, self-motivated to come in on a consistent basis and do things. What are you going to do that's going to motivate you to go in the gym on a consistent basis or work out at home or what have you? And you got to start off here. You don't go and you go, yeah, all right, I haven't trained in 20 years. I played high school football. Oh, look at this. Uh, this is Delvin Cook's workout. Okay, I'm going to start doing this. And then you can't go back and comb your hair or do anything. It's <laughs> so sore. You got to start at a lower level and get your body acclimated to a better tool, the program before you start making these advanced jumps. Everybody has delusions of grandeur i threw a football i think thinking i hit the goal post seven times i was trying to, it is what it is but you just have to you have to start at a lower level so and and get your body acclimated be self-motivating and look you need support that's what's great about having a coach they offer support and accountability so if someone's keeping you accountable that's one of the keys because look hot yoga keeps me accountable why because you're basically almost naked in the room so if you're like eating by a schedule tuesday and thursday in hot yoga and you went out and had a, a birthday cake weekend or whatever and your stomach's hanging over and you're looking at yourself for 90 minutes in the mirror and you're like ah it gets you it makes you it holds you accountable yeah. but i think having a coach is better. keeps you accountable you basically all right i'm gonna send my pictures at the end of the week to them so see what they think my measurements keep me on course or just surrounding yourself with people who have the same 
mindset, but also have the same work ethic because you have somebody who, oh, showing up at the gym Monday, oh, I had to pick up the kids on oh, Wednesday. You know, it's not going to work. It's a recipe for disaster. So I think those are some of the things and get a credible source when it comes to getting a workout program or getting a nutritional program like yourself, you're a registered dietitian, listen, get a, a solid program and, and basically get blood work before you start anything. Because if you're lacking energy or for some reason you're getting headaches or this, whatever it may be, blood work is going to show you a lot more than, than a nutritionist could say, okay, we're going to give you some extra B12 and B6. You don't know. You don't know what your body's deficient in. You don't know anything. So having that map is a, a key to success. No, absolutely. Bang on. Yeah. And I think one of the things that's been the theme so far, like since you started training as a teenager is you've always provided yourself with a support system in some way, right? Like you had your brothers when you were young, you had training partners, you've had coaches like, and all the way up, like even now, right? Like you're yeah. freaking at the top of your game, but you don't need more help, if you will, at this point, you're more than self-sufficient, but I think it's cool that you still surround yourself, like you said, with those people who can always be pushing you, always be helping you learn a little bit more or just look at things from a different perspective. I think it's really cool that someone who's been doing this for the amount of time that you've been doing it is still reliant on other people and getting support outside of your own self. I think that's really powerful. You know what it is for me is I look for, obviously, 95% of my fitness career or whatever, I train by myself. When I've, I've had the opportunity to train with Mr. Olympia competitors, celebrities, influencers, what have you, and just regular people and this and that. And I've had good training partners and bad training partners, but I've always been self-motivating, but I try to find goals that hold me accountable even now. So I have this calendar. So that was a, a goal for me. And they're like, why are you doing this? Why this? Because that's what makes me tick. I'm like, can I do it? I, when I wrote down in my phone, I'm like 244 pounds. And I don't really gauge my body by the scale, but I know my body well at certain weights and stuff. I'm like 225, 30 days, 19 pounds. And I'm like, okay. And yesterday it was 226 and Sunday is the shoot. And I'm like, I like the way I look. I did it or whatever. And it was just that that just keeps, I have to go in front of the world famous photographer and shoot and it's broadcast live. So that gave me some ammunition yeah. to like to do these workouts and get in shape. And I don't know what the next thing is, but I'm past the point of putting on size. I think last year when we were training at the barn, I jumped up to 253 pounds and I was like, wow, in like four or five weeks. And I'm like, Wow, if I kept doing this, I could be like 270 again and this and that. And I just, it's funny when you walk, people are walking away from you. And my clothes, that one button, Adam, it's like all the clothes. I'm like, oh, it's, I just bought all these clothes and shit. And it's like, what am I doing? I'm like, and then my someone said to me, you know what? You don't see many old, tall people walking around. I'm like, hey, he's right. You know what? When do you see And you're taller than me. He's like, I don't really. So I'm like, I don't see that many huge bodybuilders walking around either so i'm like hopefully i'll shrink another two inches or something <laughs> i think it's inevitable the longer yeah. we last absolutely <laughs> so yeah so speaking of getting ready for this shoot and losing all this weight i did want to talk some diet obviously yeah. in your world i don't know how many different diets you've been on how many things you've tried what you've been exposed to over the years 
me and you have talked uh, at the barn yeah. and whatnot about some of the crazy shit that, that has been thrown around over the course of the years. So I'd like to just dive into that a little bit and just what are some of the craziest or like the most obscene kind of diets that you've run into over the years that you might steer people away from? <laughs> so I remember when I was coming up as a bodybuilder, there was the, and we spoke about this, there was the 70 egg white a day and half a grapefruit diet to get ripped. So you'd basically boil 70 egg whites and eat hard boiled, eat the, you know, and I started doing it. I didn't know any better. I started doing it. And I'm like, half the eggs, you can't get it out of the shells. Yeah. yeah. You're like three <laughs> hours to, that's a yeah. lot of eggs. And I'm like, what is that roughly? Like 225 grams of protein, 210, maybe. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Who knows? So I was like, that was one of them. And then as a, a bodybuilder, they were like, I met this one guy. He's like, we should be doing them. I'm like, wow. He's like, two and a half to three grams of protein per body pound. Wow. So at the time I weighed 200, I'm like 600 grams of protein a day. And you're like, you're spending 90% of your time in the bathroom. And then there was like just all pure shakes, six whey protein shakes, 50 grams it's a protein shake that's 300 grams of, pro of protein a day and then no solid meals. And I'm like, oh my God. And then there was the all fish diet. Yeah. You know, there's so many bodybuilding has been a microcosm for all of the, the Atkins diet and other diet programs out there. And there was some bodybuilders eating bacon and pork chops and all kinds of crap to get ready for a show. I was like, I always, I always took more logical diet plans. <laughs> Where I, first. where I would do basically I would do three meals and two shakes and then a snack of some sort of protein or whatever and that's what I pretty much have done most of my career I've always had those two shit the shake in the morning shake at night three 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 solid meals and just good lean proteins clean carbs and vegetables and then fats natural fats avocado MCT oil like coconut peanuts, stuff like that, omega-3s, stuff of that nature, nothing outside the box, nothing crazy, but my body's always worked on a lower amount of carbohydrates. So it just with, with, a, with a moderate amount of fats. So if I told the diet plan that I'm doing now for this calendar, I wouldn't recommend for anybody. It wouldn't be like, I wouldn't write it down and say, hey, get the calendar diet because... From a nutritional standpoint, it wouldn't be approved by any doctor <laughs> because it's low in calories. It's probably deficient in most nutrients, yeah. vegetables and stuff, but it's working for me. But if I went, I, I'm doing, again, I'm doing three meals and two shakes, but it's extremely low carbs. I'm on a hundred carbs. I weigh 20 something pounds. That itself yeah. is a... Uh, a little bit low and my protein is under 200 really wow so it's, it's and, and honestly i feel great because you know me i'd come in the barn and i'd be eating lollipops i eat chocolate <laughs> yeah. but i don't get fat from it because i pretty much burn it off just throwing out and that's what i tell people too just making small changes and getting rid of all that garbage that they're eating but they don't realize i stopped there wasn't a day probably in the last two years that i haven't had some sort of chocolate in a day whether it's candy yogurt or 
a baked good of some sort. Yeah. And I cut all that out. So that has a lot to do with of obviously changing your body composition and feeling better about yourself. And then just getting rid of all the heavy sauces and stuff that you would put or drown your food in too is another thing. And I haven't used a salt shaker in about 20 25 years i've never did i think food has enough salt on it as as it is and yeah and i guess that's the the other my next question you touched on it a little bit but obviously you've got experience coaching a lot of different people and that sort of thing like you said the diet you're on right now is not necessarily one that you would be prescribing to the average person and that's the way it is it's like all right desperate times call for desperate measures (laughs) if you're going to a, a photo shoot you got to do what works. You don't do what's best for you. Like you do what works best for you in the given moment. Now, when we're talking about longevity and having the energy to train on the daily and and creating a diet that is most conducive to living a good life and quality of life, what are your recommendations for people on that? Yeah, it's pretty similar to what I've been doing my entire life. And that's, and it's like anything. And you recommend this as well. It's getting rid of all the processed garbage foods, the packaged foods, the sodas, the baked goods, all that stuff. It's the the little changes of putting stuff in your coffee that you don't need. People putting whole milk and sugar in there. So it's pretty much eating clean, but it's not eating the same. How it's different from bodybuilding is bodybuilding. A lot of bodybuilders will eat the same foods every day. Grilled chicken, egg whites, sweet potato, brown rice. That's it. I think... When your longevity, fresh fish, salmon, white fish, a variety of lean proteins and good foods. Obviously, go over a list of superfoods. There's a ton of them that you can. I know Zach Ziegler, the editor in chief, <laughs> Muscle Fitness, that superfood thing we did there. Yeah. But yeah, there's a ton of food. I just think it's eating clean 95% of the time, and then obviously you can let yourself go here and there to for a birthday cake or whatever you might eat. But I think it's making the right choices on a consistent basis, you're going out to a restaurant, you don't have to eat like an animal. Like you can eat healthy when you eat out and and still have a good meal without being, oh, I got to eat two pounds of pasta and 37 meatballs and cannoli cake and this and that. I think it's making the right choices. It's not rocket science. Here's a list of of good proteins, chicken, turkey, lean steak, lean beef, this, that, you know, and then choose Choose one. Here's vegetables. Here's your clean. Have at it. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what you brought up there about. I think that's one of the things, right? Is people, we get really attached to stuff like that, like going out to the restaurant. And that means that, oh, when I go to the restaurant, I have to splurge, right? I have to get the yeah. chicken parm and the meatballs and the I got to do with the extra bread. And I got to walk out of that restaurant feeling like I'm going to explode. And I think a lot of it comes down to a little bit of a mindset shift there where it's like, hey, like you can go to a restaurant. You're an Italian guy. My wife's Italian, hardcore. When we go out, usually we'll go to an Italian restaurant or whatever. I can go to an Italian restaurant and eat a really good like fresh salad with chicken, some salmon. We might get a a pasta dish on the side to share. And that meal is very enjoyable. It's still, I didn't make it. It's very flavorful. Friggin' thing's delicious. We have a good time socially. And you walk out of there and you feel good about what you did. I think. You know, yeah. I go to Japan for sushi. I went the other day on my, on the cut for the calendar and I got Naruto roll, which is just a cucumber roll. And it's fantastic. Like, yeah, I think people make the excuse that, you know, oh, I'm out. I'm just going to have this or that. There are times for that. Sure. But 
generally you can find, especially now, like back in the day, get it. Traveling for hockey, where you're eating chicken fingers and a, and a cheeseburger at best on the road and stuff. Like yeah. same when when you're going out, like going in Vegas and the top of the stairs was Cinnabon. Like it would call you. Yeah, you're right. It's just about obviously the choices we make will dictate how we look and how we feel. So if you make good choices, then obviously you're going to look and feel great. If you make bad choices, look and feel like crap. That's pretty much the end of it. You know? Yeah, totally. And I think it starts with the feeling, right? I think the feeling part is the big one. It's like, all right, you go and you have that meal. And like you said, it's just loaded with sodium and you get all bloated and you take in, you're having a 1500 calorie meal and you walk out of there feeling gross. It's what are the chances you're waking up tomorrow and your day is going to be super productive or whatever. And then it starts to snowball a little bit and you feel a little bit gross in the morning. So maybe then your poor choices continue on, then you're less active because you don't feel as good. And then this ball gets starts to roll in the wrong direction, where as opposed to what we're trying to do with, with our nutrition and our fitness is just to get to a place where you can consistently just wake up and feel great every day. Yeah. Look, there were days, it was funny, I was thinking about this the other day, when I went to uh, All You Can Eat Sushi back in the day when I was a bodybuilder. And oh, I used to do the same. And do they it. would charge you a dollar or whatever, a roll, if you didn't if you didn't eat yeah. it. So people would take it and dump it in the toilet, was there, or eat it. I remember my friend, Mace, Steve Weinberger, another bodybuilder, I forgot, we went in, ate 83 pieces. And, and that's with soy sauce. And I weighed in the morning, I was 263. That next morning, I was 270. By the following Wednesday, I was like 65. But I was just like, yeah. holy cow. Think about like the linemen who are getting ready like to weigh themselves for like colleges and stuff. They have to be 300 pounds. Yeah. Oh, you can eat sushi meal, a little pickle juice, a little soy sauce. <laughs> They'll do the trick temporarily. That's true. It's funny how you, that's why I tell people, don't look at the scale as the holy grail. Because the scale obviously gives you some sort of information. But you can weigh yourself four times a day and you'll be four different weights. Yep. So I try to, I weigh myself like ever on an empty stomach in the morning, basically no clothes. This way it's a legit reading and, and maybe every four or five days just to see where I'm at. Yep. Just so, um, but the mirror is the most, the best tool. And obviously a truthful friend. How do I look? You look eh. Exactly. Yeah. And even that, honestly, I've got to the point now where, I kind of, I don't weigh anymore. I actually wanted to weigh myself and we got home from DonCon from Mexico there and mm -hmm. our scale was, the battery was dead. So I was like, ah, shit, me, me, neither me or my wife ever weigh anymore. So we don't even have a battery in our scale right now. But I've really come to the point here where all I'm trying to do, because again, it's different for you if you're preparing for a, a calendar or sorry, for a cover or whatever. I think for the general population crowd, like myself and like most other people, it's really about just managing the lows, right? It's, hey, just make yourself feel as good as you can possibly feel. So I'll be totally honest with you. The only time I ever really take a hard look in the mirror and do some flexing and whatever is immediately after my workout. My body looks its absolute best. I look friggin' shredded and all the muscles are popping out and blah, blah, blah. But it makes, it's putting a, an image in my mind of, okay, that's what I look like. And I'm happy with that. And that to me is I'm playing a little bit of a mind game. I'm not going to, yeah, go hop on the scale and look at myself in the mirror after all you can eat sushi night. Because you're just opening yourself up for disaster there, right? And I think that's what a lot of people do is they get reactive in terms of like they have a bad day. And then they hop on the scale at night before bed and they're up seven pounds or something like that. 
and they look bloated and blah 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 right and then it's like doomsday yeah people tell you their friends like oh i weigh 100 i weigh uh 200 pounds or this that you should weigh the same or the same height or whatever but you could be like i've been 10 different versions of 250 pounds i've been a sloppy 250 i've been a shredded 250 it doesn't matter it's it this it doesn't matter and plus some people carry their weight differently than others. They might be genetically have great, hold most of their weight in their hips or their legs, or they have thicker legs, or they have a thicker, uh, a bigger upper body, smaller body. So that's why you can't go by, well, this person's five foot two, so they should be 97 pounds. No, not necessarily. Because I've seen during the fitness industry, I've seen fitness competitors, it's like five foot four, like 130, 135, and they look extraordinary. Yeah. But if you told somebody, woman, oh, how tall are you? I'm, I'm 135. I want to be 115, but the same height. It's just it doesn't make any sense. It's just how you look and what in the mirror, and particularly how you hold your weight as well. Yeah, and and that's the thing, right? Where like everybody always, there's not a single person I have ever worked with that has not come to me with an arbitrary number that they want to hit, right? Yeah. Oh, I want to be 150. I want to be 120. I want to be 210. But, but like you said, I think you said that's probably the best I've ever heard it said. You've, you've, you've been 10 different versions of 250, right? It's like, you could be, yeah, 10 different versions of that 150 that you want to be or whatever, right? It's just depending yeah, on your composition and how you create that body, right? And I think that's one thing where Unfortunately, I, I don't normally go after doctors or whatever. I know everybody's trying their best here, but when doctors do just like a, a basic reading or whatever, and they just do a height for weight and they're like, oh, you're six feet tall, you should weigh 160 pounds and you weigh 230. It's like clinically obese. It's dude, one guy, have you ever seen that weighs 160 pounds and looks okay? But if you do it on their little height for weight chart, that's what it tells you should be or whatever, right? So I'm like, that's the thing where it's really important to understand. And I think you said that so well, the different versions of the different weights oh, that yeah. you could be. Yeah. It was funny. I went for life insurance in 2013 and I yeah. think the chart was six foot one. And then I weighed in, I was doing an infomercial at the time. It was like two, two nineteen, and I was clinically obese. Yeah. yeah. So I had to get my life insurance through an NFL broker. Yeah. They they insured the NFL. This guy insured a lot of the NFL players, and my premiums were way like a thousand percent more than everybody else's. I'm like, wow. Now the somebody could be skinny fat, never did anything healthy in their life, or this or that, and they they're paying. Right? Yeah. It didn't make any sense to me, and and especially too. What do you think about the uh, body fat percentage thing? What do you, how much do you play into that? Not much. Honestly, I don't play into it a ton. Like you, I'm into the mirror. I think the mirror is going to tell the story. We know if you've got some body fat to lose. Like, I don't need to go get a DEXA and make me feel bad and say that I'm 35% body fat or whatever. Or if you do, if you're noticeably overweight, it's we get it. You got fat to lose. I don't necessarily know if we need an exact number on that. I just think that, and again, even with those DEXAs, and I've seen it with a lot of people, I've had clients that have been going and getting DEXAs and in-bodies and all these things. There, There is an error rate for these things too that people never want to think about, right? It's, you realize you you go hop on a DEXA scan, like there's a potential for a 5 to 10% error rate on that, which can be pretty substantial, right? Or with an in-body, if you're a little bit more hydrated or dehydrated on a specific day, you're going to get a totally different reading. So that's why I like to just, I I say, let's just go after the mirror. Let's see how you look. Let's see how you feel. Let's see how your clothes fit. 
and we'll know when the body fat's coming off. We don't need a DEXA to see it. It's like you write it down. Look, if it's like your workouts. If you're writing everything down and you're progressing and you're, wow, well, I'm getting stronger. Okay, great. Check. All right, let me look back. Why am I getting stronger? I change up the rep range here and just, okay, change it for Now I'm looking in the mirror. Hmm, fat over here and here. I better, I better go get scanned to see what's wrong. Oh, just keep dieting and training and get it down. And everything else. That's a school of thought I'm from, but totally. look, people, sometimes people need every bit of ammunition that they can get. So if they think that makes them feel better, great. Or if that's going to give them some information that they can't get elsewhere, great. But I'm old school as well. I just, I go by what I'm, my performance in the gym and how uh, I look in the mirror. Or a good, honest friend who's going to tell me the truth. Like you said, I think the mirror is probably that most honest friend you're going to have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Arnold Schwarzenegger used to say, if you could jump up and down and your chest moves up and down, you're fat. <laughs> i was like oh really and i'm like i have pec mass so i'm jumping up and down I'm like i'm fat i don't know if you said that's a joke or whatever but i was just like oh that's interesting but you know what it's funny no matter how ripped you are no matter how in shape you are no matter how strong you are no matter what someone's always going to be better than you so just i always tell people work for your own goals to stop comparing yourself with other people because you're never ever going to be <laughs> the number one in any category you're never going to be the richest person you're never going to be and i hate to be a negative guy but i'm just saying just work to get better every day and be satisfied with that and obviously set goals and everything else but you can't compare yourself to I'm not going to compare myself now to a 25 year old fitness influencer who's in the gym every day taking peds and this and that I'm not going to look like that. I don't want to. I want to do what I can do for myself and look the best that I can. If you're somebody who's starting out and you're a ways out of shape, don't look at somebody and say, I have to look like that or I have to be better than that person. If that person's like a professional athlete or something like that, just get better every day and concentrate on that. And that'll keep you happy, positive and moving in a positive direction. I just think that's a problem too. When people think they have to be, unless you're an ultimate athlete, have to be the best at or look the best at something it's not going to happen just have realistic expectations yep i love it yeah best version of you right and yeah you can just keep you can just keep sculpting that and molding it and creating it and like you said you give it enough time and enough years and enough effort and stuff and you probably will be pretty satisfied by the end of it as much as we eat and we train adam it's sorry to say we're not going to be ronnie cole yeah i had to give up that dream a while we really do the best we can that's it it. absolutely awesome man frank i appreciate uh you being on so much man i appreciate your time i know you got a lot of things going on so tell people a little bit just how they can see more of you how they can follow you just go to my Instagram, Frank underscore S-E-P-E. You'll see all some great content there. Adam's on there as well. Uh, we have tons of DM questions, workouts, lots of stuff. And always some great stuff come out. I have my own protein tree come out in a couple of weeks. I'll be in six countries. Uh, a lot of collaborations with different companies. But yeah, I'm just, I'm happy and blessed to be involved in this industry and to do what I love and to help inspire people i think i always say i'm here to inspire and not expire absolutely yeah for sure man like you said i know it's it'll just keep getting bigger and better for you because you've got that mindset and you are that likable guy that 
you just go about your business and have a good time doing it. And it's awesome. So thanks for being on today, man. I really do appreciate your time. And I guess we'll see you in the barn, maybe on Friday. <laughs> Legs tomorrow. Yeah, I'll see you. That. I right. appreciate All right. it. See you, Frank. Bye. Please note that this podcast is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The information shared on this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be used as a replacement for the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider. Additionally, the opinions and strategies discussed on this podcast are those of the guests and host and do not necessarily represent the views or endorsement of the podcast or its creators. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition.